Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I am your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having on the program, Dr. Bob Arnott. He is a show favorite, a personal favorite, renaissance man extraordinaire, music, classical music composer, uh, of course, medical doctor, New York Times bestselling author, uh, um, man, and, and really a great social commentator and critic, not just in the health industry. And uh, always love having you on the program, Dr. Bob. Uh, we always look forward to it. We always get great feedback when you're on. Uh, recently, we had, uh, you know, we saw uh, the presidents of three of the country's most prestigious universities to testify on Capitol Hill about uh, anti-Semitism in their campus campuses and uh, man what what a show i mean it was a horrible presentation you sit there and you wonder how in the world they even got their positions um i let me start with the thesis because i think time is limited so the argument being used back and forth was uh, i heard over and over again particularly from the harvard president and now former penn president was context it all depends upon the Context, you know, and I think about the early 20th century, Oliver Wendell Holmes, uh, about whether or not, in the name of free speech, can you can you yell fire in the movie theater? Well, our entire country now, it's it's so primed for violence and so primed for uh, uh, extreme action. I I sit there and how is them saying? Oh, you can say. You can say uh, genocide when it comes to that. You just can't actually practice genocide. How is that any different from the you know the case? I think it was from 1919 of uh, uh, where where they de- declared that you can't yell fire in a the movie theater. You know, and by the way, I'm a total free speech guy. I I, I gravitate towards really kind of an ex- more extreme view than most, I believe, especially in the current culture. Uh, but to me. Dangerous free speech needs to have guardrails. How you know? How does this not fall into that? Yeah, I mean it's just it's absolutely crazy. You know, when you read behind the headlines here, what it turns out is that they all had this very prestigious law firm that fed them these insanely stupid lines. Can you imagine me in 1938 in Nazi Germany when they were talking about the extermination of the Jews and saying maybe it's excusable because they hadn't done it yet? It's just ridiculous. It's completely unconscionable that they wouldn't shut this down. Now, to your point, Kevin, sure, I think on campuses has gone to the extreme. They completely limited anything sort of left of, you know, right of left, saying anything, you know, shutting them down and not being able to lecture on campus and whatnot. So, listen, I think people should be able, should be able to express their views. And, you know, the best point was Andy Rooney many years ago got into trouble at CBS because he had said that uh, parents with Down syndrome shouldn't have children. And that was because they would have children with Down syndrome. But it turned out it was absolutely incorrect. But by shutting him down, he wouldn't be able to learn that. So I think that free speech is important and back and forth, but it's really clear when you call for genocide and you call for the killing of Jews that it's totally, completely unacceptable, over the top, and has to be shut down. And these academics... Just don't get it. Now, the thing you probably be most interested in, Kevin, is that what's happened, especially in a place like Harvard, is you have this insanely big endowment now, I don't know, 50, 60 billion dollars. And so what it has done is it's, empower, it's empowered the left. 
The left can run around with all its crazy, insane agendas that are fixed on, you know, hardworking, ordinary Americans who just look at it aghast. But they're independent now. They can run away from the alumni. They can run away from the board because they now have the money to, to press what I think in many cases is a ridiculous woke agenda. Let me give you an example of this. So I have a wonderful little boy. And we got his, I, at the beginning of the year, I talked to the teacher. And I said, listen, he won Math Kangaroo last year for the state. The only thing we want to do is we want to make sure that he stays on top, you know, that he wins Math Kangaroo again. So the teacher said, no, you know, my, my lesson for the year is going to be I don't want him to think he's smart. And I go, that is the most woke leftist thing I think I've heard of my whole life. And so we pressed him. Four months later, we go in. He had a zero in math because he no longer thinks he's smart. I mean, it's just ridiculous how the left, as I say, my quote is, and I, like you, I'm completely independent, is, you know, the right is stupid and the left is really, really dangerous. And I think we start to see that danger right here with their incredibly flawed way of thinking. Yes, and I'm not a huge fan of the congresswoman who took them to task. Uh, her name even slips me at the moment, but her point was well taken. Imagine if you were placed when you when you hear the rhetoric that's been used against the Jews with uh, with replace the word uh, Jew with black or Jew with Hispanic or Latin. Can you imagine what that would have been? Yeah, no, it's so interesting that. You know, unfortunately, anti-Semitism is sort of the lowest bar. People feel that they, they get a free ride when they're anti-Semitic, and it's just plain terribly wrong, wrong, wrong. Now, what is interesting, I think, is just how miscast the whole situation, obviously, is in the Middle East. I met with the new Dartmouth College president, who I think is probably the best pick in, in, in generations for Dartmouth College. And she walked this very clear line through it. She said, look, you know, Palestinians are victimized. The Israelis are victimized. And if you look at it, why is this? This is because, you know, Hamas has been funded to be able to raise an army, buy all the armaments they want, train themselves, and fight against Israel. Now, here is the seminal insight, Kevin. I saw Vladimir Putin in the UAE sitting now in the leadership there. And the first thing he said is, I want to discuss all the crises around the world. And, of course, the number one crisis at the top of the pile is the Palestinian Gaza Israeli Middle East crisis? So, you know, we saw Hamas sitting down with Putin in Moscow, and the bottom line is, this is a feint. This is a way of being able to distract us from Ukraine, withdraw our funding from Ukraine, put the emphasis someplace else. And as a bottom line, remember that Iran now it has three militias in Syria. It backs the Syrian government. It has militias all over Iraq, causing trouble every single day. It has Hezbollah to the north of Israel. It has Hamas to the south of Israel. And then it has the Houthi rebels also in Yemen that just attacked a Norwegian vessel today. So the Iranians are the ultimate troublemakers. And, of course, they don't want any combat on their soil, so they press all of it out. They attack U.S. troops in Syria and in Iraq. But we've got to recognize, you know, that Iran and Russia are the axis of evil here, and they are the villains. And, uh, and no, no, no. poor people being blown up on both sides and in the Middle East, you know, just just terrible. Makes me sick, you know. And the, the lack of appreciation. Uh, I, I love the fact that you lecture the West. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just saying that I love how how Putin was 
the West about the proxy war in Europe, Ukraine. And that's exactly what he's developed here in Gaza. It's a pure proxy war. And, uh, the, 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 you know, Iran's greatest patron, which is Russia, got us orders from Russia, clearly. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. And all of these players in this region are doing it, might as well say, directly from Putin. Yeah, of course, uh, the messenger is Iran, but this is a pure Russian operation, in my opinion. And Iranian. I mean, the Iranians, I mean, the filthiest government on earth that hang young women, you know, kill young women. It's just filthy regime. It's just the most terrible regime you could possibly imagine. But, you know, you know it, it, when college students say that they're pro-Palestinian, listen, the, the people are sucking. The Palestinians have no love for Hamas. They don't like Hamas at all. They'd love to see them go, right? And oh, so yeah. You have, you have the Israelis victimized. You have the Palestinians victimized. I think we have to understand it, but as you so well point out, you have to look at the bigger geopolitical puzzle here, uh, how Iran is using all of these surrogates, including north and south of Israel, in addition to against our troops in Syria and in Iraq, and against our vessels out there in the Red Sea, as they ply their way up uh, into it from, um, you know, from in and around Yemen. So... I just think that what we've lost as a country is any kind of intellectual rigor in terms of understanding the bigger geopolitical picture. We just get stuck in all this little back and forth diatribe where there's no understanding. People just yell and scream at each other without any solutions. Yeah, you cannot see the forest for the trees, uh, but this is all very strategic. Uh, and, and the timing is so obvious. Uh, remember, all this unfolded when uh, we had we had no secret hacks. Remember that? Everything began to unfold. Uh, and so all of it was very strategic, knowing that it would screw up the entire funding process from Capitol Hill's perspective. This stuff required uh, the legislative branch to get done. It was a brilliant move. It was a stroke of genius. It was pure evil. And people can't be naive and think everything that's taking place is taking place in Gaza and Israel. It's so much bigger than that. Final thoughts when we wrap it up on these college uh, presidents. What, what's your thoughts? You know, I like Nikki Haley. I, I think she's a, a terrific candidate. Uh, I very, you know, I worry about the Democrats because I just think, uh, you know, Biden is just, just too old. There. I mean, you're really late getting a candidate there. But, you know, we've always produced great candidates. I mean, sometimes in the past. And I, I think they're good candidates out there. We just have to be able to look beyond the rhetoric and find somebody that, you know, really represents the United States. And again, what, what I find so distressing is, you know, I grew up in New England and we prided ourselves on really knowing the facts, studying hard, working hard, understanding things. And the politicians now where they are, are completely devoid of any kind of fact or reason or narrative. It's just, I think on both sides, just really terrible. You know, as I say, my, my, my uh, slogan is, you know, the right is stupid and the left is evil. <laughs> the right is stupid and the left is evil. Evil. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And I think there's truth to that. Absolutely. As far as these candidates, you know, I would, I would, I, you know, to me, there's no choice but Nick, Nikki Haley. I mean, literally, there's no choice. And she is the, uh, not someone I would like to see. She's not someone I'd be passionate about early on. But the, the GOP is so utterly dysfunctional. 
Uh, by the way, the Democrats are too, just for a different list of reasons. <laughs> but the GOP is so dysfunction, dysfunctional. I look at it as how do you build a bridge to normalcy for the GOP after what they've gone through? Nick Haley seems like a logical bridge. Totally agree. I still totally agree. Well, it's going to be pretty interesting. I tell people can see through it. And, you know, of course, it's the last. Arnold Schwarzenegger always took me aside and said, Bob, you know, it's the last three months before the election that determine it. You know, if you have a big terrorist event, it's going to throw it one way. If the economy's going south, it'll throw it another way. If the economy's roaring, you know, throw it back to the Democrats. So you just don't know the issues until the end. Not until the end. That's exactly right. All right, especially these days. You know, they used to say, you know, we would know by September, Labor Day, right? Remember in the old days? By Labor Day, we would know who would win. We don't know squat any time, including the night before. <laughs> it's incredible how much has changed. Just one of the many things. Always love talking to Dr. Bob Arnott. He is a personal friend. He's a show favorite. And always look forward. As soon as we end our, our segments, I'm like, how long until I get Dr. Bob back on? Thanks as always. <laughs> Well, that's super kind of you. I really appreciate it. I'm Kevin Price. You're listening to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Stay tuned for more after this. <laughs> 